five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, space enthusiasts. Welcome back to another episode of the Space Business Podcast. Really excited to have another great European space entrepreneur on today. His name is Jaume Sanpera, and his company is called Satel. IOT and the name already gives it away. They are focusing on IOT or Internet of Things connectivity using a satellite constellation. Jama and I go into detail about this. We talk about what the use cases are currently and in the future and what their technological solution is to provide this kind of service. You don't want to miss it. It's an important market. So please enjoy. My name is Raphael Rodkin and I'm an investor and advisor to space companies. Just as a reminder, this podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing should be taken as investment advice. This podcast is sponsored by Nanoavionics, a satellite manufacturer and mission integrator. Their technologies enable many space companies worldwide to offer services that improve life right here on Earth, such as providing global connectivity, conducting Earth observation or contributing to scientific discoveries. Check them out and also check out my episode with the CEO and co-founder. Sadly, I am not a rocket scientist, but I'm an alumnus of the International Space University. ISU offers a number of educational programs about space worldwide. Check them out at isunet.edu. And just some final things before we start the episode about ourselves. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Spotify. If you want us help, expand our work, you can do so and support us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. And we'll also put that link in the episode notes. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Hey, space enthusiasts, welcome back for another episode of the space business podcast. We're excited. We have a great other European space entrepreneur on the show today, Jelma Sanpera from Satel IoT. Welcome, Thomas. Oh, thank you very much, Rafael, for inviting us. And let me let me start how I usually start um, these shows when we have entrepreneurs on. And I will ask you to give us the elevator pitch on Satellite IoT, please. Oh, thank you, Rafael. Satellite IoT is the first 5G IoT constellation that connects fully a standard 5G IoT or NB IoT devices from a space. We are an extension of coverage of the mobile operators. This uh, is a... Uh, completely disruptive way to uh, accessing IoT from a space. Since today, okay, uh, there have been uh, some IoT conservations and some general purpose conservations mm-hmm. that uh, were connecting IoT up to uh, proprietary devices, okay? We, our approach is completely different. Uh, instead of developing our own satellite and our own device, we just have adapted our satellites to work directly with the devices that today are using the mobile operators. This means, okay, that uh, there are already 2 billion devices up there that just with a software upgrade will be connecting directly to our constellation. And this is what allows us to be the coverage extender of the mobile operators. Uh, the usual uh, user, okay, the consumer, will be connecting to terrestrial networks, and once they lose the coverage, will be connected in a completely seamless way to our constellation, and we will deliver back this information through a single roaming agreement uh, to the MNO. So this is very interesting. So this reminds me a little bit, and you're probably not surprised I'm asking that, there was a lot of news flow recently about satellites direct connecting 
to mobile handsets, right? I think it was mostly in the news. Um, well, as in the industry, we knew that there were some startups doing that for a while, right? Like Blink and, and AST, right? AST Space Mobile. But then I think it got into the more or less the general news because SpaceX announced their partnership with T-Mobile. And then I think within a matter of two weeks or so, there was like, uh, what else was there? Apple and Global Star, um, Iridium said they're going to do something with somebody. Um, even Huawei over in, uh, in, in Asia with, with Baidu, the Chinese, um, the Chinese um, GNSS constellation. So, so am I correct in sort of making this comparison? Is it basically something similar just in, instead of, you know, messaging for mobile handsets, you are basically direct connectivity for existing IoT, um, IoT devices, which are on the 5G network? The, the example is perfectly correct, okay? Uh, we have seen that uh, all the industry today is looking at 5G direct-to-satellite. Then the first, without no doubt, the first that we are going to connect is the IoT. IoT has uh, several advantages. First of all, it's that it doesn't need real time. This means uh, that mm. uh, the business is... Uh, it may be much more sustainable. We don't have to launch hundreds of satellites uh, before starting to deliver service to a final user. We could start to deliver service with a uh, uh, very small constellation to non-time sensitive uh, devices or applications. And I guess it's sort of similar um, uh, to the, the the messaging services that the the the, the handset deals discuss. It's it's very low data rates, right? Oh yes, we are talking about uh, a standard that already exists that it was invented for IoT, which is NB-IoT, that allows to send message up to 256 uh, bytes. One of the main uh, uh, technological developments that we have been working on is that all the mobile handsets it doesn't matter if it's an IoT or it's a cell phone in needs real-time connectivity between the device, the base station, and the core uh, in order to do the authentication. We have developed and patent a unique system that allows us to do store and forward. This means that our satellites will be uh, storing the information and downloading it when there is a the ground station. This uh, has a huge impact on the business model because it means that we could start the evening service with a, a low-density constellation from day one instead of having to keep waiting to have a ground station at the same time mm -hmm. in the device or to have a full satellite constellation with the inter-satellite links. So can you give us some more details on, on, on your architecture, for example, like what kind of constellation size are you targeting and what kind of geographic coverage will that allow? Uh, we we are uh, we are uh, I'm myself okay I'm a telecom engineer but we are uh, very market focused. Uh, what we have seen is that in the market there is one third of the market of IoT. Okay, we are talking always uh, Internet of Things that needs several messages per day. More than one third of the market needs uh, one message per hour, and uh, the twenty five percent of the market needs uh, from one message per hour to real time. Okay, this is a, a broad uh, uh, image, a broad picture of uh, of the of what the market looks like uh, as as we have seen today. Okay, then what we are doing is that this next year, twenty twenty three, we are going to be with our five, uh, first five satellites to several messages per day. This means that applications like agriculture, cattle management, some infrastructures will be uh, already uh, covered by our uh, commercial service. By 2024, we our plan is to launch uh, 64 satellites. With 64 mm -hmm. satellites, we are uh, getting to 
uh, one message per hour and all less, okay, in the worst case, as, as you know, okay, as a space expert, it's in the equator, okay, uh, then uh, if you go up uh, from the equator down, okay, the, mm -hmm. the frequency of the, the revisit time is much lower. And by 2025, okay, we our plan is to go up to near real time, okay, the, which means uh, 250 satellites uh, or a number that uh, will be uh, fully closed with uh, with our false constellation, but it will be around uh, this. Uh, still, a small number of satellites uh, with uh, some of the constellations that uh, people are planning to launch. And what kind of satellite should we imagine here? Is this like, for example, like a three U, six U? What does it look like? The one that we have already uh, find it's a three U. The ones that we are launching next year, it's uh, the six uh, U. Uh, the final uh, uh, satellite will be the final. Uh, we we are launching first quarter next year. Okay, what will be uh, a final design of one of our satellites? Okay, or, or close to final design. Okay, but uh, with this one, will be decided will be the final size of the satellites that we'll be keep launching. But as you know, one of the nice things of uh, of newer space is that uh, this is not about uh, building uh, a satellite uh, yeah. for 10 years yeah. or launching it for 20 years, okay? This is a uh, continuous evolution, continuous innovation, uh, which means, okay, that I'm sure that the one that will be launching Q1 2024 will be not the same that will be launching Q4 uh, 2024, okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I assume, I assume obviously this is going to be in in, in Leo in low Earth orbit, right? Yes, uh, they are in Leo. We are launching at 550 kilometers. Uh, okay, so I mean, I just have to ask an open bracket side question. Obviously, uh, one big topic that's increasingly on people's mind, even in the broader public, is you know space debris and the sort of risks of it. Is that 256 satellite? That's a reasonably sized constellation. Is that something you guys are thinking about? Are your satellites going to have propulsion for avoidance maneuver? This this type of thing? Yes. Uh... We what we plan okay is that the life of our satellite will be around five years, and we are uh, we are launching it with the uh, with the needed proportion to maintain it on the orbit and after to deorbit once the the life of the satellites. Uh, it, uh, it, uh, it arrived to an end. Okay, so that's on the space side. And then I guess since you are connecting, as you said, to existing 5G devices, in contrast to some other IoT business models, you don't need any sort of additional, you know, ground-based infrastructure, right? That's uh, that's uh, the nice part of our business, okay? And this is, uh, people, I, I think that... Uh, uh, now, with all the movements that you have talked about uh, of uh, Apple uh, saying that uh, connecting direct to satellite and uh, and uh, T-Mobile uh, signing with uh, SpaceX, uh, the, the people have start, start to realize uh, the impact that space will have on the uh, on the day-to-day -day life. Okay, but IoT, uh, I'm sure that will have even a much more impact on uh, uh, our life. Okay, we have to think that uh, agriculture, for example, we are talking with people in Brazil. Brazil have 25% yeah. of the GDP, it depends on agriculture, and 70% of the country it has no uh, mobile coverage. Today, it's impossible to do it with the uh, corona because uh, all the IoT uh, constellations that today are in the market, they are they are perfect for critical IoT applications, but they are not for massive IoT 
application, which is agriculture. Agriculture means uh, uh, hundreds of uh, small sensors, okay, uh, that uh, they are a little bit everywhere. And when we are talking about cattle management, just in US, okay, they have uh, more than uh, 100 million cows, okay, that uh, are in the middle of the mountain. Then all these sectors will be impacted. I am sure that uh, there is no other uh, SATCOM development today, okay, that will have uh, such a broad impact on all the different sectors because we go in agriculture. Agriculture, it's 9 to uh, to 20% of the GDP of uh, a lot of uh, rest of our countries, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we could improve 20% the benefits of agriculture, the efficiency of the agriculture. Uh, 40% less water. Water, that is one of the concerns that we all have on, in mind. Okay, 80% of the water is it's, uh, it's used in agriculture. We could decrease it uh, almost uh, by half, okay? Uh, yeah. In uh, cattle management, it means, okay, that uh, uh, you could control all your cows that are in the middle of nowhere. But in logistics, logistics, it's uh, from 5 to 25% of GDP of all the countries, okay? Which is, uh, the impact is uh, everywhere, okay? In logistics, one of the main problems that we have had these last years is the supply chain. Um, and, uh, and of course, one of the main uh, concerns is where is my container okay and that today it's uh, it's impossible to, to know then uh with the development of a massive iot technology like the one that we are launching into the market all these problems will be solved in logistics we are talking about five to ten percent uh of uh, less uh, of efficiency okay of uh, savings in infrastructures uh just uh, the the cost of uh, monitoring all these infrastructures is huge, okay? With IoT again, all this could be decreased. Uh, just the trains, okay, the, in order to control the railways, the, the decrease of uh, cost of, of, of uh, monitoring infrastructures on trains has decreased 20%. And these are only some numbers that yeah. we... That we are launching the market because that when we when you launch a technology that uh, have a full ecosystem already developed, this is point number one, which is super important because that day one there are people that have already developed devices for cows, devices for railways, devices for logistics. All this is already there. Okay, uh, the cost of the device is so low. We are talking about uh, five to ten dollars per device, which is never seen. The cost of our service will be uh, uh, will be a little bit. Uh, uh, over the terrestrial uh, cost, okay? We are talking about around $1 a month uh, per device. Mm-hmm. All this means, okay, that uh, the the impact of, uh, finally, okay, the impact of IoT uh, that it has not been there uh, for a while, okay, uh, will be uh, possible to implement in massive IoT applications uh, like all this. And we already know, we, already, uh, uh, we, we have already demonstrated, okay, that uh, uh, there will be a huge impact on uh, different sectors. Yeah, we'll talk about it in much more detail because I think um, for sort of your average person on the street, uh, because it's, it's basically what you're describing is substantially a B2B product, right? And of course, so many people, unless they work in these sectors, may not be um, aware. Actually, let's talk about it now and I'll come back to the other questions later. So if I take the average person on the street, right, they're probably their main exposure to IoT um, these days is Apple AirTags. So this <laughs> yeah. is basically like, you know, the use case is, okay, where's my stuff? I lost my key. Where's my key? You know, or, you know, I put an AirTag on my cat. Where's my cat? You know. And I guess the other thing is, uh, to some extent, um, tes- Tesla, right? Tesla owners, which is again, like, where's my Tesla? Well, I guess they should know that. But so, like, what's the battery status of my Tesla? Um, 
And and yeah, so for the the use cases you described, so let's go a little bit more into detail. Like so, for example, when you're talking about an agricultural use case, yeah. like, at the end of the day, what what kind of data is actually sent? Like for example, is it about like you just you mentioned water? Is it like the the the, the water um, content in the soil? Is is that something? Is that, that like a data item? That today are in the market, okay? That uh, send more than twenty different uh, parameters of the of the soil, okay? Going mm -hmm. from humidity, acidity, and uh, and all of these. Of course, we have to understand that the massive IoT, it goes together with the artificial intelligence or machine yeah. learning, okay? Now, when you have uh, one weather station in the middle of uh, your field, you could look it at uh, by yourself, okay? When you have hundreds of sensors, it will be the machine learning, okay, yeah. that will tell you you have to go to the field number four, okay, because it needs more water, the field number five will need less fertilizers, and the field, uh, field number 12, okay, uh, it's in danger because of uh, uh, I don't know because I'm not a expert in agriculture, okay? Yeah. But uh, but all this, okay, it's uh, it's something that uh, that that it's already there. But also in the in the day to day life of all of us, it will be impact okay, and the capability of uh, I love mountain biking, okay? And uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I always go with somebody, but sometimes when I go alone, okay, you know that uh, you are in places where there is no mobile coverage, okay? The capability of sending an SOS uh, when you have a Problem. We are talking with a man, okay, that uh, it's uh, one of the main manufacturers of uh, life jackets. I, uh, that uh, when when you have a when when you are in the middle of the sea, one of the main problems is uh, localizing you, okay. The capability of sending an SOS geo localized that will be in all the life jackets, in all the boats. It's it's something amazing because it, it costs five dollars to put the, this this device there, okay, you know, which is nothing uh, compared to the cost of uh, of a life. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, of course, I live in Switzerland, so that reminds me. Um, so, so I wouldn't have thought about the open sea, but I've thought about sort of getting lost in the mountains or getting into an avalanche, right? And I think you know, for a while, actually, there have been these sort of like devices which are embedded in some of the skiing jackets, which I guess I don't, I don't actually know how they connect. Do you know? Is that just is that just yeah. to the mobile network? These devices, okay, what are allow is that uh, there are special equipment to detect uh, where the people is, okay, uh, under the snow. Then they go there with these uh, special devices and they know that uh, it's uh, here or there, okay? Uh, but Okay, so it's it's really like specialized, customized equipment. It's not like it's connecting to the the regular. But of course, the, the beauty of your solution is it's really open, right? It's not like a walled garden of, of any no, sort. Right? Exactly, exactly. You have you have it everywhere. Okay, then it's not just a uh, uh, it's not just for the professional sports people. Okay, that of course yeah. they have this type of devices, but for for all of us, once we get lost in the middle of nowhere, okay, and uh, and the, the devices are so small and the batteries uh, it lasts so long because we are talking about batteries that last up to 10 years okay in a device that costs five dollars this means that uh, uh, today the big boats they all have uh, iot devices of course connected to to the to the satellite uh, networks but we are thinking we are, you have to think about uh, uh, windsurfing or kitesurfing uh, being yeah. connected uh, also all of them okay it's a full connectivity uh, dream of all these industries that uh, they have um, i was talking with the people from a Smart grid, okay, a smart grid and a smart mm -hmm. meters, which is one, uh, a smart meters, okay, and uh, and the full smart grid development could save fifteen percent of uh, energy cost, okay, which uh, today you have all this these ever more important. <laughs> Uh, exactly, exactly. We have a lot, but one of the main problems is that there is a lot of places where there is no coverage. Okay, uh, uh, and when I say a lot, it means that uh, ten to fifteen percent, which is a small part. 
But uh, since we have everything connected, okay, and with uh, uh, renewable energy, okay, that uh, before that there was just, uh, just one place that it was uh, uh, producing energy and a lot of places consuming. But uh, today we have a lot of places that they are creating energy that they have to be injected on the on the smart grid. All this requires full connectivity everywhere. Yeah. So if you look at sort of the various use cases, what, given currently available architectures, what do you think is the most common use case right now? And then kind of looking a few years into the future, what do you think is sort of the most, the, the use case that may excite you the most that's not currently that prominent yet? Today, the satellite IoT main applications uh, is... Uh, by I'm sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be specifically ah. satellite IoT. It could just be something okay. that connects Perfect. like to currently where, the, where there is coverage to, you know, via, um, what's it called, NBIoT or, or something, yeah. yeah. Uh, today, it's a smart city applications okay? okay because it's the only place where you could uh, 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 you could be sure okay that will be fully co full coverage we, we have for example all these uh, garbage bins okay that are connected mm -hmm. and, uh, it could save a lot of travels of the of the truck uh, and another uh, lights okay and the light yes. system of the city and uh, pollution all this is controlled by uh, uh, MBIOT of course there are for example we we see down with one of the uh, main logistic operators in the world and they have already 400 uh, they have three million containers they are going around the world okay mm -hmm. from three million containers they have uh, 400 they are refrigerated all these 400,000 they are already refrigerated they have already MBIOT technologies okay what they say is that of course Yama we want full coverage today uh, we could not afford uh, satellite IoT coverage because it's then we are talking about four hundred thousand, okay, which uh, and three million of the of the of the rest of the containers. Then when we sit down with them, we say, that, of course, we we really want and we really need because once once and the, the refrigeration uh, it has a, a problem, okay, where you could not detect it if it's in the if it's in the sea yeah. in the middle of nowhere, and this means okay that all the uh, uh, food that uh, it's uh, on the container gets lost in uh, in hours. Okay, uh, if we could have uh, an alarm on that, okay, and uh, and yeah. and you could not imagine the number of containers that, that they lost every year because uh, uh, because they get uh, downloaded in a in a wrong harbor or uh, whatever. Okay, but uh, yeah. then all these okay, all these logistics, the big ones and the small ones. We are working with a, a U.S. company that is doing a tag, okay, you know that, and in the tag they is already mm -hmm. printed the chipset. MBIOT, okay, this stack is going yeah. to cost two dollars in order to send. Uh, no, not uh, uh, millions of dollars package, okay, but uh, just uh, uh, some important packages. Uh, this uh, this tag will be amazing because it will tell you exactly what is your packet every uh, in every moment of the uh, of the of the of the trip, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the other thing I forgot to ask: we were talking a lot about basically the sensors, well, whatever, some some sort of sensor on the ground, right, sending back data to the satellite. Is it is it just like this type of one-way communication, or they also use cases where something gets sent back from space to the ground uh, there, there is there is a lot of uh, of applications okay that just need one-way communications our satellites they are bidirectional as mbiot is yeah. and uh, we could uh, uh, read the level of our water uh, deposit and, and open and close uh, 
uh, uh, water source, okay? And then, okay. then it's a, it's a two-way communications uh, uh, because we use uh, 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 MSS uh, frequencies, okay? We don't use uh, uh, open frequencies yeah. or unlicensed frequencies. So I'm um, just opening a side question again on, on, on what you just mentioned, the frequencies. So when those news came out with SpaceX and T-Mobile and some of the other operators, one of the first questions a lot of people asked, like, well, well how is this going to work in terms of like, you know, spectrum allocation and frequencies which you need for that? How does it work for you guys and is that is that solved? Well, when we talk about uh, uh, using the same devices that today are uh, are already uh, using the mobile operators, there are two solutions, okay? The first one is to use the same frequencies that the mobile operators are already using on the mm-hmm. and, and to uh, and to uh, close agreements with these uh, with those MNOs in order to that they just uh, give you a part of the spectrum, you know, that use it from a satellite. Uh, with this approach, there are two problems. First one is that the, the frequencies that uh, the, the the companies that mobile operators use, they are terrestrial frequencies that they, they are not uh, satellite frequencies. Then, yeah. in principle, they could not be used from a satellite. Okay, then the, you need here a permission that today is not clear that the that the ITU and uh, specifically the FCC in the United States, okay, it's going to. Yeah. You know, to, to give okay the second one and it's it's a physical problem okay you have to uh, use a frequency from a satellite and that it's uh, it has not to interfere to the land or to the yeah. station which I think that this is a uh, there's a huge challenge there okay that's not that easy because uh, uh, well, we live in Europe okay uh, uh, United States uh, the, 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 the the space it's, it's broader okay in Europe uh, when you go from Switzerland to Luxembourg to fun okay the, it's it's a matter of uh, of seconds Okay, yeah. then, uh, and you have to switch from one to the other because the operator in uh, uh, in uh, Luxembourg okay, has not give you uh, the same frequency that the one in uh, yeah, yeah. the one in France, that the one in Belgium, that the one in uh, Monaco. Okay, <laughs> and then then there is a there is a a, a a very big technical problem. We do not use the frequencies of the mobile operators. We use specific frequencies that are allocated to the satellite, the MSS, okay, yeah. frequencies, and we have uh, already the ITU allowance in order to do these frequencies, okay? And now what we are doing, we are doing what is called the landing right, okay? We are on the coordination. That's where we are right now, okay? We have a, a, a large team of people working on that because uh, more than... Uh, it, it, it takes a long time, okay, and a lot, uh, and a lot of efforts in order to have uh, frequencies everywhere because you have to go country by country, okay, yeah. uh, closing down. But most of them, they are most administrative than uh, nothing else, okay? This is something that you have to be done. Our plan is that uh, uh, to launch our commercial uh, service by the end of uh, or second half of next year, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, by then, we plan to have... Uh, most of the uh, important countries already uh, with uh, uh, with permissions. But yeah, because the technical side is only one side, and you have the commercial side as well. So if you take both of them together, like what what do you think are going to be your first your first coverage areas? Well, first coverage, uh, of course, uh, uh, Europe. There is uh, the we we have to in order to decide which countries are the most interesting one. Yeah. We have closer to uh, uh, to different aspects. First one is. Uh, where there is uh, more business, more devices to be connected. Sure. And the second one, it's where there is less coverage. 
Well, well, you need satellites, right? Because I mean, Europe, Europe is fine, but like you said, I mean, Europe. I, I don't have I never agree. actually looked at the coverage maps, but I imagine it's very covered by by basically yeah, ground-based. Um, then, if we close uh, both um, aspects, okay, the uh, the most promising countries are uh, U.S. and uh, America in general, okay, yeah. uh, North and South America, because there is quite a, uh, in the U.S. there is a lot of business in South America. There is a uh, there are some uh, applications, okay, that are uh, very well developed, okay, and the coverage in uh, even uh, in North America, but also in, uh, but especially in South America, it's very very low compared to Europe, where there is yeah. a lot of coverage. I, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Brazil, right? And I'm, I'm also Brazilian. I lived in Brazil for eight years, right? People, some people don't realize there is farms the size of a small country. <laughs> so you actually, you actually probably really do need a satellite. I imagine something like Australia probably as well right with like huge space in the interior yes yes, yes australia so it's uh uh we uh, uh a county okay that we are planning to to go on first uh phase and how does that how does that commercial um rollout then look like so you know if you know how are you going to get the farmer in brazil as a customer or who or the other the other way around who does the farmer in brazil go to to access your product uh that's that's a very interesting question okay because uh uh one of the big points of uh, conservation is uh, to do a sustainable business, okay? And uh, yeah. we develop a real conservation. Uh, some people do not realize that uh, that uh, real conservation means global coverage most of the time, okay? You could do mm -hmm. a, a equate of uh, conservation, but most of the conservation, they are power orbits, which mean uh, global coverage. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it means that you have to sell everywhere because mm -hmm. if you just concentrate yourself in, let's, uh, let's uh, uh, look at the, at the most promising uh, market, which is US. US is a 3% of the surface of the earth, okay? This mm -hmm. means that 97% of the time, okay, your satellite will be doing nothing. Uh, then uh, you have to start selling at the same time in a lot of countries, and this yeah. is this means okay uh, 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 a lot of money just in commercial. Apart from the, the technical part, the the nice part of our business is that as we work with the same devices that the mobile operators are using, we we just sign with the mobile operators, and they have already the customers. Mm -hmm. They have already the confidence of the customers. They already have the commercial networks that they arrive and the and the customers. Customer uh, care, okay. They, they have everything, okay, uh, uh, already there, okay. And they have uh, the customer have not, uh, they, they have not to change uh, the the device and the way they are operating. They just have full coverage the day after, okay. And this is exactly what we are doing today. We have already signed with mobile operators in uh, forty-seven countries of the world. Yeah, forty-seven countries, okay, will be covered by the mobile operators. The, and the, one of them, okay, that you have already announced, or that will be announced next month, okay, is Telefonica. Uh, Telefonica today is in, in 17 countries. This means sure. that all the customers of Telefonica, when they reach out of coverage places, they will have full coverage, okay? And the message is so simple and so uh, 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 disrupting that, uh, that it will be easier uh, translated into the market. 
But at the same time, we uh, we don't wanted uh, to have uh, the future of the company in the hands of the mobile operators because they have their own yeah. objective. They I was going to ask you about that. Exactly. Because, I mean, it reminds me a little bit like, because your, your product is still a somewhat specialized. Well, well, let me rephrase that. Your product strikes me as a product. You want to expand your market, right? So I could see how there's still a lot a lot of need for customer education, right? That you have to go to some farmers and say, like, and explain really the benefit of it, right? And I'm not uh -huh. sure intuitively that a mobile operator salesperson is the right salesperson it reminds me a little bit of like you know totally different industry like the pharmaceuticals when there's resellers but typically the drug companies at least train them or even send somebody along who can really explain the benefits of the product you are perfectly right okay uh the mobile operators they have uh, their own business okay and you have to you will have to sit down and wait that they uh uh, st start training uh, agricultures or cattle management or infrastructure that they could be used uh, in a different way that all the sensors, okay, maybe uh, uh, it's too late. And then uh, but that's the reason why we have uh, started what we call the early adopter program. Uh, the mm -hmm. uh, early adoption program, it's a program that we, uh, that we are uh, uh, developing with final customers and value added resellers. Uh, in order to uh, fully understand what's the need of the market and educate them that uh, what's coming on the on the next year, okay, as soon as uh, uh, mm -hmm. then uh, with this, okay, we are signing what uh, uh, we call the pre-orders. These pre-orders, okay, are a uh, uh, letter of intent, okay, that uh, they want. Yes, we want to have all these sensors connected by 2023, 2024, 2025, okay, and uh, and uh, it has been really surprising, okay, even for us because we uh, we we believe, okay, that we have in our hands a, a, a new disruptive solution that will have a huge impact in other sectors, but even. Uh, for uh, optimism, uh, people like we are, okay, the, the result has been uh, astonishing, okay? We have signed in just nine months uh, with more than 500 valid resellers and final customers uh, uh, a number of... Uh, of uh, devices uh, connected, okay, that will uh, that will suppose, okay, in terms of business, more than one billion sales in the next three mm -hmm. years, okay, and this is uh, this is the the and of course all these will not be uh, uh, will be fully transformed in sales, okay, but most of sure. them that will be okay, and this is something without having uh, real. Uh, uh, connectivity today, okay? Just explaining them what we are going to have in the next uh, future. Uh, they are ready to sign. And this means, okay, that the market is super open uh, to a massive IoT uh, uh, service uh, with low-cost uh, devices that work with the uh, current ecosystem of applications. When you mentioned just there that um, this came through, I think you said 500 basically partners. So is this mostly mobile operators or is there also sort of like sort of what I'd call specialized no, no. resellers uh, into integrate? Exactly. what do you want to call exactly, it? Exactly. We have signed with these with those uh, 47 uh, uh, mobile operators, but apart from that, these are direct customers, logistic people, okay. Agotech, okay, a lot of Agotech companies, uh, yeah. management companies, uh, with uh, a broad uh, number of applications and solutions, okay, that m all of them, they are already in the market. The, these are people, okay, that uh, uh, you could not imagine, okay, what uh, uh, how they open their eyes, okay, when you say that's exactly the same solution that today you have and you could sell it in Switzerland uh, for Agrotech, but you could not sell it in Brazil, 
okay, you have the capability of saving everywhere. Okay, terrific. And then one thing I forgot to ask you before is um, when you mentioned the, um, I believe you said $1 basically per device per month. But is it, is it really like that? Or does, does it not depend on the data rate at all? Like, I guess some sensors could send more data than others? Or? Yes, yes, it would depend finally, okay, on the number of uh, of uh, uh, of times, okay, that you want to connect uh, to to the to the network, okay? But uh, but we start, uh, the, this is the, the average, okay, that we have in, in our business plan, okay, and uh, the and the ones, okay, that we, that we believe if we want to have, of course, we could start uh, like uh, at five dollars. Okay, five dollars will be something disrupting, but yeah. uh, but it will not massive. Okay, and we and we believe okay that uh, one dollar plus a five euro device uh, or five euro dollars device is the solution that the market is expecting in order to use it uh, massively everywhere. Yeah, it was going to be my next question, sort of like from what you've seen so far in terms of the the feel you get for end customers, I guess. What what matters the most to them? Is it whether it costs one dollars or three dollars, or is it is it also other factors? Uh, of course, uh, the, uh, the the advantage of working with uh, with a current ecosystem, okay, that it already developed, it means that uh, they have already gone to other uh, very uh, uh, important uh, aspects, okay, of the solution, which is the battery life, which is the the size of the device. Yeah, all this is something, okay, that uh, that is already there. In our case, okay, they uh, they will use that uh, the, this uh, this kind of dual uh, uh, dual system devices, okay. That work with no, it works with mobile and with satellite, but uh, uh, but you know, you have two devices in one, and this means okay that the battery uh, lasts very very uh, uh, few months, okay, or days, and and in uh, with these applications in remote places. Uh, but life is super important because what you want is to to forget about uh, 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 the device, okay, and uh, just uh, uh, leaving it there. And once the battery it's uh, consumed, changing for another. Uh, that yeah. uh, simple as this, okay. Then, uh, but but we we believe, okay, that the 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 it's super important that all this ecosystem, okay. You you have today uh, day zero, you have. Hundreds of devices for agrotech, uh, tens of devices for cattle management, hundreds yeah. of devices for infrastructure. Now, all these it's uh, years of development that we are jumping in, okay, without uh, having all these to be set up on uh, uh, from day one. Yeah. So one thing that you mentioned, sort of, I'm very intrigued by, which is that it's a Leo constellation and you mentioned the sort of US being 3% of the, the, the land mass of the world. And of course the vast majority of the ma of the surface area of the world are oceans, right? So this strikes me that really sort of ocean-based, let's call them ocean-based use cases are really important, right? And Oh yes. Oh, I yes. guess you mentioned containers already. So now I'm wondering, is there something else? Like, I don't I haven't really thought about it. Like maybe you can like just have a bunch of boils or sensors everywhere to track like climate relevant data, like water temperature and currents, or even like, Fish for preservation. Prep. I don't know. Is there fish, other stuff you think about? Fishing industries is super important. Fishing industries represents a, a very important source of income in 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 a lot of countries. Okay, not in Switzerland, of course, but in the in the rest of yeah. the world. Okay, uh, and uh, and uh, fishing, we are we are we are have applications from the ones okay that control well and what uh, do they fish uh, the fishing boats 
but also the uh, to have the, the the monitoring and the geolocalization of the of the fishing apparatus uh, that they get lost in the middle of the sea, which is one source of uh, one important source of pollution of the seas is the the fishing apparatus that, that they uh, they lose. Okay, in the middle of nowhere. Then, then all these okay, it's uh, it will be controlled by by our devices. At the same time, okay, we we love to uh, to uh, uh, to to say okay that uh, uh, a direction like this it could not only be business driven. Okay, we are going to have uh, as uh, as uh, as you uh, have uh, uh, said. Okay, uh, the a real constellation means global coverage mm-hmm. and quite homogeneous capacity everywhere, okay? Then this means that we are going to have a lot of capacity in seas, a lot of capacity in the less developed countries. That's why, okay, we are signing uh, with uh, with non-profit organization in order to deliver this connectivity uh, to them, yeah. uh, almost free of charge or free of charge uh, uh, for... Uh, environmental and social projects. We are talking about uh, following endangered species. We mm-hmm. are talking about uh, uh, following uh, medicines that uh, they are sent to yeah. Africa and they get lost uh, before they arrive to, to the final destination. We are uh, talking about people that is uh, using boils to, to measure contamination in the middle of the seas. All this, okay, is something that uh, we, uh, we want to uh, use part of our energy and our capacity in order to, not just to have a, a super profitable company, but also mm-hmm. uh, uh, to change the, a little bit, okay, our our uh, our little bit and bit is the, the the bits, okay, that we are going to yes. send to our constellation uh, the world as 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 is today, okay. Uh, the one of the we we love to say, okay, that. Uh, uh, because a connected world is a better world, and it's the uh, yeah. real belief that we have in our company and we share with our uh, with the other satellites. Yeah, yeah, and no, I can certainly see positive positive impact use cases, and, and that's great. So, talking about devices, well, let's talk a little bit more general. So, just to make sure that I fully understand your strategy. I understand your strategy to be basically the connectivity provider from between space and Earth, right? Like you said, there's a whole bunch of other pieces of the ecosystem, right? So for example, somebody has to produce the the ground-based um, device, right? But I don't think that's something you guys are doing, right? That's you leave that to other people. And then the other part, I guess you already mentioned is, uh, especially if there's more and more data, somebody has to sort of take that data and process it in a value-added way for the end customer. Is that something you guys are doing? Is that also left no, to other people? We are we are just a connectivity provider, okay. okay. And uh, uh, we we believe, okay, that there are very very good uh, people doing uh, uh, devices, uh, very good companies doing the applications uh, and the machine learning uh, that allows to take the right decisions. All this it's a uh, it's ecosystem that already exists, and we uh, uh, and we uh, believe in them. Okay, terrific. So, if this all works out and things are going as you as you are planning, where would you like to see the company in about I don't know, pick the right time frame, but let's say maybe ten years time. Ten years time, we uh, we want to change the world with uh, our massive IoT connectivity, and this is something uh, real, okay, and this is something uh, doable. Uh, uh, never, okay. Uh, there are 
huge development in the world, okay, that allows to have uh, uh, fiber-type connectivity in the middle of nowhere, okay? But uh, uh, but our technology, it allows uh, to, uh, with a very low-cost device um, to uh, to change. Uh, what it cannot be measured cannot be changed, okay? Uh, once you could measure everywhere in the middle of nowhere, okay, there's a lot of things that uh, maybe change it. We, uh, we foresee a company, uh, uh, a global company, this is global by definition, okay, mm -hmm. having a huge impact in all the different industries uh, in all the world, okay? We do not believe that uh, uh, we want, we don't want to be the only one. Uh, a standard requires that there is more than one uh, mm -hmm. 5G IoT constellation, and I'm sure that it will be in the next future, okay? Uh, but we foresee it to be one of the main uh, satellite constellations uh, in the IoT uh, arena. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Anything you are, you know, worried about? That you think still needs to be solved? Uh, there is a lot of challenges still <laughs> in front of us. Okay, that, uh, well, uh, but, uh, but I, well, I, uh, I have the, I, I, I am super lucky. Okay, and I have a, an incredible team working with, uh, uh, with me in uh, satellite IoT that, uh, that discovering all these. Uh, concerned all these uh, challenges uh, with a lot of uh, mitigation uh, solutions, you know, to be successful uh, very soon. Yeah, I, no, I, I believe you're a serial entrepreneur, right? If it's something that's under your control, I'm sure you are. You know, you have the conviction you you will you and your team will solve it. I'm, I mean more like is there something maybe extra like an external factor that you think might be you know, uh, of concern for either your business model or like for the sector at large? Uh, I, I believe, I believe, okay, that, uh, that there will be, uh, there will be a lot, uh, and when I say a lot, it means uh, a lot of uh, the companies that today uh, are in the market that will not survive, okay? Mm. Because, because uh, uh, what I have seen is that, uh, and, uh, and I found it in the past, they are very, very nice technical solutions but they don't have uh, they don't have not solved the commercial part, yeah. okay? which is the the most important one, yeah. okay? Because yeah. you have the best satellite with the best yeah. connectivity, and uh, nobody buys it, okay? It uh, it was uh, nothing, and and uh, the cost are, are, are super high, okay? And uh, the people, okay, uh, in uh, in space, uh, they are not uh, cheap people, okay? They're because it's a scarce resource. Talent today, it's a scarce resource. Sure. Uh, uh, teleworking has uh, uh, has changed completely. Uh, Spain today, uh, it's uh, uh, it it used it used to be a, a place, okay, where you have uh, the, the cost of an engineer. It's going to be completely different from uh, Germany, okay. But today, with teleworking, there's people in Spain that is working from Germany in companies. Okay? Yeah. This this is not there anymore. Then this means okay that you have to uh, you have to keep an eye on uh, on course, uh, but uh, but of course uh, the only way to solve this is uh, to have uh, uh, sales and uh, a margin. Mm -hmm. and something that some people forget and believe that if they have the best technological solution, uh, everybody will be buying from them. And there is a lot of other factors, okay, in telecom that uh, yeah. not so easy to yeah. solve. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, to some extent, that's just the reality. We're in a very engineering-led sector, uh -huh. which has nice sides, but then, like, sometimes people forget about the commercial side. And then, uh, I guess, the other thing, which is is now totally different than it was uh, six months ago, but, of course, the funding environment was rel relatively easy. So people thought, well, we can keep working on our technical technological solution for many years because we're just going to raise another round. And I think people realize now that's over. <laughs> they actually have to make some revenues. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Spark uh, time, okay, uh, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a few questions to close. So one, how did you come up with this? What What is the story behind coming up with Saddle IoT? Again, you're a serial entrepreneur, you've done many things. How did you sort of wake up one day and decide, well, this I should be doing this? I always say the same, okay? There, there are no uh, bright ideas that it comes, uh, you wake up one day and say, I'm going to build up. Uh, it's, it's, it's a path, okay, that you follow, you start, uh, we started uh, thinking that uh, there was not uh, a solution for IoT uh, mm-hmm. connectivity everywhere. My last company was dedicated to broadband connectivity uh, through satellite. Mm-hmm. Then I wanted to do something different. We started to look at IoT, and we really believed that uh, there, uh, there was not a solution there. Then with the help of the European Space Agency engineers, we arrived to the solution, okay? One day uh, uh, one day we went out for a meeting. I say, okay, I got it, okay? This is exactly what you have to do. Uh, mm-hmm. all, this, uh, all this commercial part that is super difficult to be could go through the mobile operators, all this ecosystem that you have to convince one by one uh, to develop the device that will with you satellite confirmation. It's over. This this has been a a much more difficult uh, uh, way to the market, okay? Because we have been working, as you know, for the last two years inside the 3GPP. We have been the number one uh, space company in the world in number of contributions to the new standard. This is something that we have mm-hmm. been, uh, it's a lot of uh, uh, work on, uh, on a stealth mode uh, before you got the solution. But now the solution is there. Of course, it's uh, it's a scalable, which is the magic wall, okay, mm-hmm. that work on any business. So you mentioned you had a, a project in sort of broadband connectivity to space before, but have you always been in the space sector or did you at some point in time, you sort of increasingly, you would say you switched to space? No, I have been always in the telecom sector. Okay. And then uh, my last company was, uh, we uh, we uh, bought a 5G license. We deployed it in uh, non-urban areas. It was the first uh, 5G fixed internet access in, in Europe. And we work a lot with satellite connectivity, broadband satellite connectivity. We did a very nice projects in Morocco. We connect six thousand schools and uh, uh, through satellite. And it was it was amazing times. Okay, doing broadband. But uh, but I come from the telecom. Okay, and uh, and for me. Uh, and I believe that this is an advantage. Uh, uh, a space is just a way to uh, deliver a service that yeah. the market is uh, is waiting for. Yeah. Was there any particular, I don't know, lessons? Because there's a lot of people these days, I think, which are increasingly fascinated from space, but which are not from the space sector, but they're, again, trying to learn about space to use it for maybe the area that they have expertise in. Sort of from, from your journey, is there any sort of like, I don't know, hints, tips, advice, how you make that transition? Uh, the, the, I, uh, I I remember, okay, mm-hmm. that I, I was listening to that a long time ago, and I believe that uh, it was just a sentence, but it's uh, it's not a sentence much more. The space is hard, it's, it's real, okay? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, when we work on uh, with terrestrial base station, okay, we just uh, install it, and if it didn't work, we went back and we change it. Okay, space is not that easy. Uh, as this, okay, then uh, and uh, and and of course the investment are huge and, uh, mm-hmm. and the time is uh, much larger than any other any other, okay. Even in new space, okay, from one satellite to the next generation, it takes a lot of time in the between you build it up, you launch, you test, and you build a new one, okay. And uh, time is money. How big is your team now? Uh, we are uh, inside the company, 50 people. Mm-hmm. And have around 80 more people working uh, in exclusivity for us uh, in outside okay. 
these are the developed the different parts of the solution you are hiring right now oh yes we are uh, uh, we are always hiding and we are always funding okay these are the yeah. two things okay that uh, you never stop uh, hiding is super important and we are finding uh we 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 are we are lucky that Barcelona is a place that uh, everybody wants to. Well, come. People want to live there as well. It's a nice lifestyle. This is something. Uh, it's amazing because uh, because uh, uh, the the engineers, the space engineers, and technical people, uh, they they really, it has a, a huge weight. Okay, the world yeah. To live, okay, and Barcelona is an amazing city. We have amazing climate. Uh, it's uh, uh, and this is helping us a lot in order to hire very talented people uh, going back to Barcelona or, or coming to Barcelona for the first time to work here. And uh, the world it's it's uh, fully open to move around uh, for the for the space business, and we are hiring people from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll put your. We'll put your website and the um, job board or hiring link on in the episode notes as, as well, so people can check that out. Yeah, and, and yeah, Barcelona fully agreed, and it's kind of a very vibrant tech slash startup ecosystem for what I've seen. So I can I can see how people really like it for that as well. Let me ask you the last couple of questions we always ask. So one is, if you weren't doing satellite IoT, but of course now you have very, very good knowledge about what's going on in space, is there something else that you've thought about that oh somebody should be doing this or this is an attractive business? Uh, I I I love okay to to uh, uh, to be investing on 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 a space okay I really believe that there is a space uh, for people and uh, that understand the sector and uh, and keeps investing on on the early stages okay mm-hmm. uh, that's something that you do okay and uh, and I really believe that the the sector needs it okay and and especially in Spain uh, that's uh, where I move okay there there is no no one uh, fund dedicated to space for uh, early stages, and the ones that are mm. there, okay, they, uh, of course, it's it's a very specific sector, and you have to yeah. under, you have to fully understand the business uh, to to be in there. Okay, this is something that maybe someday I'll be dedicated to. Yeah, yeah, understood, understood. And then our final question is always the same: um, science fiction. Do you like science fiction? Um, and if so, any particular book or movie or tv show of course uh, i think that all the all the all the the ones that we work in a space of uh, science fiction uh and uh one of the my favorite uh, uh tv sets it's it's strange things okay i uh mm. a lot of fun uh, i really yeah. and uh it's uh it's so uh i enjoy it because uh because uh, the, the characters are so well defined of each uh, uh, of them okay having a different role on the uh, on the on the series okay that uh, it is one of my favorites yeah so same same here Bojama, thank you so much for coming on this was very interesting to learn about the iot business in general and about what satellite iot is doing and you know, good luck with with the business and everything else thank you all for the invitation okay uh fully open to uh, uh to any other questions okay that your audience uh, may have thanks And that's a wrap for another nominal episode of the Space Business Podcast. Once more, if you enjoyed this, please leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple or Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. You can support us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. Lastly, if you have any feedback, including ideas for guests, and that may include yourself if you have an interesting space story to tell, or interested in being a sponsor, drop us an email at spacebusinesspodcast at gmail.com. See you.
you for the next episode.